Welcome to episode 44 of Rising Tide, the Ocean Podcast. Today, we're having a different kind of conversation about something we think is new and innovative, the 10 for Ocean campaign. Right now, only about 2% of philanthropic spending in the U.S. goes to the environment, and only about 7% of those funds work for the ocean. As you know, at Blue Frontier, we believe ocean grassroots organizations offer some of the most creative solutions to the challenges facing our blue planet. And of course, my co-host Vicky's Inland Ocean Coalition demonstrates that ocean health is not just a coastal issue. So now Blue Frontier and the Inland Ocean Coalition are part of a new 10 for Ocean collaboration to raise funds for these kinds of small but effective blue groups. We're talking about this today with three other of our collaborators and all past guests on Rising Tides. So check out their shows, Michael Stalker and Daniela Houston of Ocean Conservation Research, Wallace J. Nichols of Blue Mind, and Mary Crowley of the Ocean Voyages Institute. Uh, Vicki, before we go on, what are the other five groups in 10 for Ocean? Hello. Well, they are Saving Ocean Wildlife, Shark Stewards, Heirs to Our Ocean, the Wahini Project, and the Wild Oyster Project. So let's jump in. And I really want to ask you both, Michael and Daniela, um, Ocean Conservation Research initiated and launched the 10 for Ocean idea a few weeks ago, but it has been brewing for a number of months. What was it that inspired you to reach out to other groups to get this launched? The two things that lit up our dashboard here was the um, large following that we have on social networking due to um, Danielle Hussan's uh, superlative work. We have some 300,000 followers on, uh, on Facebook. So we thought we might be able to get those people excited if we had a dollar from each of them that would help out. And then talking with uh, Linda Hunter, who's of the Wild Oyster Project, she was involved in a a collaborative fundraising campaign that happened around the election last uh, last election cycle. And they it was called Sabak Patriots. And they basically grew this group. Uh, everybody was putting in $10 a day for 30 days up to a campaign. And they managed to raise $850,000. So um, they, they did a good job. But I, I lay, lay a lot of this effort at Danielle's feet. She's done such a f- fabulous job in terms of putting together the media for. Yeah, so I think when we first started talking about but this idea, um, we were thinking how there's so much power in collaboration, first of all, but second of all, we're not competition with each other. Like we all have these unique missions, yes, but it's all for the underlying goal to protect our ocean. So all coming together as one is really beautiful and powerful. And yeah, I think it's a great idea and I'm excited to get the word out to more people. So what form has it taken to date? What does one look for in looking for 10 for Ocean? 10 for Ocean appears on uh, a lot of the different social media, and it's 10 spelled four number ocean, singular spelled. So it can be found on Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook and what have you. And what we've done is I wrote some scripts collaboratively with uh, with our partners here, and Daniela made the, put them to film. So they're really inspiring two-minute, very short quips that uh, explain what we do. And that is really kind of the foundation of the media part of this. And we're trying to get everybody uh, an opportunity to have to be featured uh, in the 30-day campaign that we're working on. And there's an introductory video. Who's on that? That is Christina Ochoa. She is a science communicator and an actress. Jay introduced us to her. And yeah, very sweet of her to do our introductory video. Daniela, your videos are beautiful. And I know that you asked each of us to submit some photos and some content 
but you put together an amazing array of videos that had similar themes. Tell us what you were thinking when you were organizing those. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, I have to give credit uh, to Michael for writing the narrative for it. He already knew all of the groups so well. You've known each other forever. And he basically gave me that narrative. And then I found, you guys give me some photos and videos, but I also found some other content online to kind of like wrap it all together. And I used Final Cut Pro. It's this awesome, awesome app I have. And it, yeah, I created all the videos there. It took me a long time, but it was totally worth it. And I loved getting to know each of your groups on a deeper level because you all are doing such incredible work for the ocean. And as individuals, you're very beautiful people as well. And I'm honored to be doing this together. <laughs> Jay, you have um, talked a lot about love in your work with Blue Mind. How does this fit into that framework of collaboration, love, and just working together? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I, I think we try to stay away from the L word as scientists and as serious people. Um, but I think that's unfortunate. McDonald's uses the word love to sell burgers and Coca-Cola uses the word love to sell sugar water. And the reason why we all work so hard for our whole lives for the ocean is love. But we, we typically avoid the word, which doesn't make any sense. So we lead with the science of love. What is it that makes us fall in love with the ocean? and make us unstoppable ocean warriors who fight and work and create all of these great organizations. So I think that's that's fundamental to the research I do and to the communications efforts that we share. And uh, I think the more we understand how to make more love for the ocean, the better we will do at our jobs. And the more we avoid the topic, uh, we'll stay stuck. So here's to um, using more love in our work. Fear and guilt get get the call a lot of times. That's kind of where we spend a, a lot of communications efforts and scaring people into action. Those are useful, but I think love is even more powerful. Well, I was surprised the, the introduction to 10 number four ocean. I said, this person looks familiar. Yeah, yeah. She's surfing in the video. She's diving. Oh, wait a minute. She's, she's the drug dealing mom in Animal Kingdom, this series I watch on TNT. How, how do you know uh, this actor? Oh, I, it doesn't have anything to do with, with dealing drugs. It's, uh, and I don't watch the series. I, I don't know Christina through her, her acting career, but I know her through her ocean advocacy. And, you know, she's, she loves the ocean. She, she loves sharks. She loves diving. Uh, she has a, actually a, her background, her educational background is in science. And um, so we've met through our shared interest in, in ocean conservation and, um, when we were looking for someone to help with the, the voiceover on, on these films, I, I suggested that she might be interested. And we reached out. She answered immediately in the affirmative and then did that favor for our 10 for Ocean campaign. We're very, very happy with. Like, she sounds great. The videos are awesome. And it's really the comprehensiveness of, of the 10 groups that I guess... As the initiator, Michael, you kind of chose the groups, but they represent this range from uh, water psychology of, of Jay to um, your own work on ocean noise pollution, Mary's incredible solution-oriented work around uh, marine plastics. We have uh, youth advocacy. We have uh, equity and surfing. Vicky's been building a network to connect inland uh, communities with the ocean and we, of course, work on like ocean climate and other policy to impact laws and, and congressional action. 
it's pretty impressive. I mean, was this sort of coincidental, Michael, or did you look for as broad a variety as you could find? Well, I'm honored to have met so many wonderful people working uh, on ocean issues. And I met a lot of them actually going to Washington, D.C. with the Blue Frontier uh, seaweed rebel groups that you have uh, been sponsoring over the last years or hosting over the last uh, couple of decades. So so I, I'm you know honored to have met some really uh, amazing people doing amazing stuff, but also a presentation I used to give years ago was, you know, what are the problems with the ocean? And there are so many problems with our relationship with the ocean that need healing. So it was not hard to find an array of different uh, different ways of engaging. And the people who were doing them were right there, you know, in my milieu. And I, uh, I'm just blessed and honored to have everybody uh, participating in this particular one. Mary, you've joined us, and I'd like to hear a little bit more about how you take your love to the ocean and the work that you're doing with your nets. Yes, well, I do feel that love for the ocean and a passion for the ocean has been a big help to me in my work. I mean, I grew up starting sailing at about four years old, and once I discovered the oceans beyond Lake Michigan, where I grew up, I was just sold on sailing, swimming, and diving in oceans. And in my lifetime, I've seen dramatic changes in the ocean. And the issue of the proliferation of toxic plastics has been so alarming. And there was so much talk about it and saying, but it's too large an issue, it's too far away. And it compelled me to say, no, there's a lot of ocean people, there's professionals, there's people who spend a lot of their lives mid-ocean. And this is something that has solutions and something that we can clean up. And we've been very successful as a relatively grassroots cleanup organization using both sailing vessels and motor yachts, but we have a real passion for using sailing. So we're out there using the wind to help us cover the ocean territory, which is perfect because you, you, speed is your enemy when you're trying to find plastics in the ocean. Sailing along slowly is what you need to be able to see things and pick up things. And we at this point have brought in hundreds of tons of plastic. And, you know, people sometimes say this is a small amount compared to the size of the problem. And that is true. And that's why we're scaling up and going to more areas. But it's not a small amount when you think of the reefs that you're saving because they're not being smothered. Now is a moment that the example of collaboration that these 10 organizations are showing is something that can keep moving and growing. And the more we become educated about each other's work and cooperate with each other, the more successful. And it's a good model for everyone. So I hope many people join us by looking at all of our film clips, by investigating all of these good organizations and by donating to the work we're doing. We're sharing the proceeds and it will help 
Congress. This is the amazing thing. We've had political collaborations in the past, but it's almost like people are embarrassed, people who volunteer, people who work for a little or no money to save our, um, you know, the ocean that we love. Um, they're almost embarrassed to talk about the fundraising aspect. And I think that's what's exceptional here is that we've got a directory that lists about 1,500 grassroots ocean conservation groups just in the U.S. And yet within the philanthropy sector, about 88% of all ocean funding goes to essentially 12 large groups. So I gather when you were putting this together, uh, Michael, Daniela, part of, part of your thinking was that people may want to give to the ocean, but they don't have a lot of time for investigating every aspect. They may just give to a big name organization. And this is sort of a way of covering a lot of bases with one, one click or one check. Is, is that correct? That is definitely, you get more bang for your buck because our, our small groups, we just, we're hoofing it. You know, we're really passionate about what we're doing. You know, it, it was interesting to me to hear a few months ago that one of the go-to places that people who have been asked to write EISs on various issues, environmental they come impact very, statements. Yeah, environmental impact statements, right? Or comments. They they come to the uh, to our website and they go through all the, my library of papers that I've done for the past twenty years. And so, people who are you know have a job, they got to show up at, at eight in the morning and leave at five in the afternoon, have work to do. I'm not saying that they're not passionate about it. But they know where to go. They come to us when they kind of want to get the work done. And, you know, and the money's there. I, I mean, the, the, the ocean plastic project that this youngster put together, you know, he gathered $36 million to do absolutely nothing. And, you know, giving it just a small portion of that, that would, you know, go to Mary's group would get an unbelievable amount of stuff done. So uh, you can get more bang for your buck uh, going to these, uh, our smaller groups. Uh, that was our, that was the incentive behind this. Yeah, and it is nice because you already have 10 groups that are vetted. You give once and you know that, that, they're all, that your funding is going to really unique and important organizations that are working to both educate people, save the ocean, and then also to help our political leaders make better decisions for all of us. Pro-ocean, pro-climate, pro-watersheds. So it is a really fun and great group, and I'm really super excited to be with all of you. Yeah, I think a great job was done in picking the organizations that are part of 10 for the Ocean, and I'm proud to be part of it. 10 for Ocean is the correction. That's 10, number four, Ocean. So, Daniela, somebody's listening to this and you know, wants to give what they can give. How, how do they do that? How do they go about what's the next step? Okay, so you can either go to 10 and number four, Ocean.org, check out our website, and click donate. There's two options. You can donate via our Facebook fundraiser or via PayPal if you're not a big Facebook person right now. <laughs> um, and yeah, just donate there and help us reach our goal. And we can learn more on Instagram, on Facebook. on Yes. Also on Instagram, uh, you can follow us. Our, our handle is 10 and then again, 4Ocean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Excellent. I'm going to immediately hashtag 10 for Ocean. <laughs> yeah, hashtag it too. <laughs> can I have one point about our small organizations? There's 10 small, we like to say mighty and nimble organizations. And I think it's so important to emphasize the nimble aspect because I remember starting to work on plastic pollution back in the mid 90s. And it took 20 years 
for the big organizations to get serious about plastic pollution. It's really wonderful that we have big, uh, well-funded ocean organizations doing the work they do. But it takes the small, nimble grassroots organizations to get the thing started every single time on every single issue, whether it's uh, social justice or environmental issues. It's always the scrappy, small grassroots organization that starts ringing the bell and doesn't stop ringing the bell until everybody catches up. And that's what 10 for Ocean is made of, groups that do that. And I hats off to all of you and you know Mary with plastic pollution and David with, think back on David's work and he was ringing the bell on so many issues before they were considered issues. And Michael with you know sound pollution, um, David with sharks, um, the Wahini project and you know and you know with surf therapy and equity, you go around the group and we have a group of pioneers. And that's really what makes you know your dollar donated go so far. It's going right into you know the frontline work on issues that may not even be on the radar of the big groups yet, and that will be someday. So just want to add that to the conversation. No, it's great. And and even what you were talking about is accelerating. I mean, two years. Blue Frontier in partnership with the Center for Blue Economy did an ocean climate action plan. And now, you know, big groups and small are asking the White House to establish their own ocean climate action plan. The problems are accelerating. The solutions are bottom up. And 10 for Ocean just seems like a great way to at least minimally fund the bottom up solutions to have enough oomph to, uh, you know, and schooling together is always a good idea. What I think is really cool as well is we're all working on this, but we're bringing the inland voices in. And when I started this, the inland voices weren't even counted. So we know it's going to take all of us at some level to raise the awareness, get people educated, excited, get them the tools so they can make a difference and love that we are all working together and collaborating on this initiative. It will take all of us. So with that, I want to say thank you very much for joining us. I hope that everyone goes to the 10 for Ocean site and donates. And I want to thank all of you for your work and just the collaboration and the love that we're feeling for the ocean and the love that we are taking to get things done. Rising Tide is a production of Blue Frontier with host David Helberg and support from Natasha Benjamin, Ellie Curlow, and myself, Vicki Nichols Goldstein. Rising Tide's editing services and additional technical support are provided by studio Kate May of San Diego, California. The theme song is written and performed by Ethan Kenbar. You can find Rising Tide, the ocean podcast at www.bluefront.org or download it anytime from Apple, Google, or Spotify. Off in the salty ocean, off where the waves roll free, the sparkling water rises, then crashes to the sea. Out amongst the breakers, you'll have no need to fear. It's true, it's the blue frontier. Not to the blue frontier. Sparky, come here, buddy. Sparky, there you are. Good boy, Sparky.